following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Hey, yo! But the queen will rise to the top. Kiss All right, we are back with another fantasy podcast. Don't let the intro fool you. Um, we're not <laughs> talking wrestling tonight. What's going on? Uh, um, I'd be better if I didn't have a combined total of three wins across three different fantasy teams. Uh, it's a it's a, <laughs> tough, it's a tough year, man. I mean, I hear you. I'm sitting at what? two and four in our league so I, I, I totally get it um, so uh, what I wanted to talk about tonight and briefly before we turn the mics on um, we talked about kind of what our strong suit is and what it isn't and look we do one show a week we don't have the ability to be doing the like you know, the top performers and it's like an hour, you know, like, so we don't have mm-hmm. the ability to do the top performers. We don't have the ability to do the waiver wire show. We don't have the ability to do the, you know, like start sit um, really where I feel like our niche a little bit is talking about leagues, talking about how to navigate your league and those kind of things. So um, in that we don't have a standard format for what we're going to talk about each week. Yeah. There's no script. <laughs> there isn't. There isn't even. Here. Yeah, there isn't even a. Um, not there, even the outline. Yeah, not. It's very loose. What we're what All we right. got going on. So uh, on was it yesterday that you had posed the question to me about like is fantasy scoring actually down this year versus last year yes. for for our league? Um, yes. Yeah. And why? So the thing is, is we really haven't changed many rules scoring wise in a few years. Um, so our league was a good baseline to look at because we've got a couple years of record with the same scoring format. So, um, yeah, so you had brought that up to me and I was like, you know what? It is good to look at the average score, but I think that it demands a little bit more of a look um, because the average score can still look the same and um, very rudimentary wise we discovered like the average right so if you took all 12 scores for any given week mm-hmm. um, for the first six weeks the average score was only off by four points mm-hmm. Um which doesn't sound bad, but actually when I started to pull it apart more, it did start to look bad. Um, and I compared that between last year and um, so 2019 and 2018. Mm-hmm. But the reality is, is we got rid of a starting position. Correct. Yeah. Which I didn't consider when I asked that. So... I'm not the biggest statistic, statistician, but I want I have enough knowledge and statistics that I want to not just look at average because average only tells you a certain story. So even when I make our league sheets up um, for every season, like I don't every week I don't just give you the average. I give you the median, um, the top score, the bottom score. 
um, what your head-to-head record was, what your record versus the average score would be, and um, well, everything in between. So um, I think it's important to not just look at one data point to come up with an answer. So I spent a couple hours kind of piling through. So I wanted to look at what is the average per week and each week because any one week when you're looking at an overall average um, and you only have six data points, it can really pull you. You know, if mm-hmm. you have just have a crazy week, it can really pull you. So I wanted to look at what was the average for the top four of that week. What was the average for, or yeah, and then the middle four and then the bottom four. And how did they actually stack up? Um, so the reality is that the bottom four actually, even with losing a position, was better. Okay. Um uh, most weeks. So week one, it was two points better. Week two, it was five points better. Week three is where you see a, a swing. You know, you're talking about a 12-point swing. It was 12 points worse. But then week four, it's 11 points better. And week five, it is much worse. So about half, about half the time, it is better. So... What that tells me is at the bottom half, the bad teams are better at, especially with losing that kicker. Okay. But not um, not enough, right? Because it's better, it's kind of almost by chance, right? If it's 50%. Um, but the, the middle, the middle tells a similar story. Um, Week one, it's worse. Week two, it's better. Week three, it's better. Week four, it's better. Week five, it's way worse. Like, (laughs) 30 points worse. And that's the average of that middle four. And week six, it's it's 10 points worse. So, um, where it's really um, noticeable when it's worse is at the top four. Um, the top four just are not producing at the same rate they did last year. Okay. And that's even with um, losing a position. Um, even if you take that into account, you're talking about a 19-point swing. Again, on average, a 12-point swing... Um, 30-point swing, a 13-point. So four out of six, it was worse. So that was the one that was most statistically significant. So I guess the point being, and and, uh, now that I've probably bored everybody, (laughs) um, why why we did this, right? Because you and I started with a little bit of the hypothesis that the game is just not as entertaining, right? Yeah, yeah, like I just for whatever reason, like I, I my perception is is that yeah, the game is just it's for it's just not as enjoyable. I don't know if it's the talent, I don't know if it's players hurt or what it is, but and the reason I asked that is because I was like I looked at week six that particular week and I just saw like it looked like very low scores to me and I'm like 
thinking to myself, is is this due to like the lack of talent in the league right now, or or what is it? So that was my just my perception. So so weeks both weeks five and six, um, there were significantly less points scored that compared to last year, like total points. Mm-hmm. Um, but week six was ugly last year as well. It's just that it's even worse this year. Um, week six last year saw a total of 13, 1,318 points, and this year it was 1,207. Um, and then week five was a total of 1,552 last year and 1,249 this year. So the bad weeks are worse. We can start there. And the good weeks aren't that much better. Okay. Um, but hypothetically, I think that there's some things that would re- warrant, and again, I hope I'm not boring everybody, that would warrant a deeper look as to why the product isn't as good. Because I don't think it's about scoring points. Even though points in fantasy are down, I don't think it's about scoring points. I think that if you put an NFL team against a high school team, they're going to score a lot of points doesn't mean it's going to be entertaining to watch. Right. Right. So I want to look at going forward. And look, if anybody wants to, I'll put a thread up on the Facebook page. If anybody has a t- statistics that, that they want me to try to pull apart, I will gladly do it. But um, one thing I want to look at is volume of penalties. I think that we're getting a lot of holding penalties um, and a lot of defensive, offensive holding and then defensive holding in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to look at that. I want to look at um, length of game, like how are games taking longer uh, right now? Because and that could be because injury taking them longer. So not like the length of game is like how long the game is actually taking. You know, it starts at one. If it is are they not over on average until like five? You know, um, volume of injury is going to be a little bit more difficult to pull to pull apart. Um, turnovers. Um, I think those are the things that I want to look at at first. Right. Because I do believe... There's a lot of turnovers? Well, yes. And I think that teams are scoring points on shorter fields. And I think that there are, like, just a lot of penalties going on. Well, I made the joke to you the other day. I was like... Because I have digs on my team, I'm like, can I get some points for pass interference? Like, <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, uh, the no. pass the pass interference is really brutal. Um, right. The team moves down the field forty yards sometimes, and nobody really gets that. Um. Right, like there's there should be a way. I don't know how you would do it. I don't know what the the. I mean, I guess you can. I mean, you can't, it's just yeah. part of the sport. Like, it's frustrating. Like, you're, the player you're, you have on your team, you're watching, he's basically open and gets grabbed, pass interference, and then they hand it off on the five-yard line to the running back, and he gets the points. Or he gets you know? uh, the touchdown called back for holding, right. and then they throw it to the tight end. 
and you just kind of get killed. (laughs) (laughs) Not speaking of any Kansas City team in particular. Yeah, seriously. So, like, I mean, I guess I was making sort of a joke, like, you know, the player that you have, or who it could be anybody, like Diggs, Hopkins, like, they beat their player or their corner that's covering them, and they basically draw the foul. Yeah, but it's like a 50-yard penalty. It's like, it's the same thing as if they caught the ball. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it's a 50-yard play. So I... I... <laughs> I don't disagree, but I also right. don't know that you would give a person point like full credit. No, I know, you know, I like, know you can't. I, I'm just. It's annoying. It is annoying. <laughs> it's annoying. Right. So, um, on kind of this subject, I'm going to take a minute to complain about something, and this is my feeling. And I again, I understand that I'm out of touch with this feeling. But when I look at a guy like Clyde Edwards-Hilaire on uh, Monday night at 5 o'clock, um, he gets like 17 carries for like 150 yards, right? Mm-hmm. That's about what his stat line was. Um, yeah. How come if a receiver gets 17 catches for 150 yards, it's worth a lot more? Well, I mean, yeah, I get if you're playing. I, I mean, I think that was the whole reason behind PPR was to make it more even with. I would running back, correct? Yeah, but so here's the problem. So, and and I guess this is a hill that I fought on, died on, so I lost. Um, but that was to make to bring receivers up in an era where running backs there was like you know. It, that era where PPR starts to emerge, teams really mostly ran one back. Um, and that is a bit of an anomaly through the history of the league um, where teams really gave the majority, most teams gave the majority of carries to one guy. But nonetheless, that's really what PPR was designed for, was to bring receivers up to deal with that. Mm-hmm. So, like, I don't know. Like, I'm in a place now where, like, if we're going to keep points per reception, we have to start looking at a way to value volume running. And I'm not saying point per rush. That's silly. But I don't know that a catch, one catch for zero yards should be worth as much as one run for five yards. Yeah, like, exactly. Like, in obviously it would never happen but you could in theory get 17 catches for zero yards and have 17 points which is a pretty decent day well right and (laughs) but that like i guess my my frustration is you might not get 17 for zero but say you get 10 for 80 right Mm -hmm. not a bad day even by ppr standards not a bad day well, 10 rushes for 80 yards is not a good day. Without a touchdown, right. Um, um, so I guess what I'm getting at is I think that either we should start seeing 
again, I, another hill now that PPR is something I have to live with, another hill that I want to have a fight on is tiered PPR or doing some type of compensation for running back performance. Well, I guess that has more to do with how you decide to structure your team, does it not? Like, well, I, I mean, just well, I I'm not even saying structuring your team. I'm just saying like, um, the rules. Yes, the rules will dictate how you draft your team. But my my point is, is fantasy is supposed to track performance on the football field. While it is not football, it is based on the statistics that come from football. Mm-hmm. And we've chosen that people who catch the ball. Like, that position is now, in the league, it is more valuable than a running back is. Just look at who gets paid. Well, that's for sure, yes. Um, so do they need to be rewarded with more points for what is part of their position? I guess is, like, my ultimate feeling is they're already – look, this isn't the, the, the years of when a quarterback – most quarterbacks don't throw the ball 30 times. You know, like most teams are throwing the ball, what, 45 plus times a game now? 35? Oh, yeah. Yeah. At least, right? That's like. Correct. So, yeah. Back... Well, that might be on the high end. Well, I would say like. On 30, average, yeah. 30, 35? 35 to 50. And it depends if you have been leading the game most of the game or not. Mm-hmm. Um, but the. The, my point being is, is this isn't the era when a, a lot of quarterbacks threw the ball 20 times, so a wide receiver might see four targets a game on the high end. You know, and running backs would see 30 carries. It's just not, it's if it's a rule to make up for something that doesn't exist anymore. Well, I mean, is. I don't know. This probably sounds silly, but I mean, is catching a football harder to do than taking a handoff? Well, what does it matter? <laughs> I, mean, I guess my point is, is that 10 yards is 10 yards is 10 yards. Right. Or 100 total yards is 100 total yards. And if it took me... 10 rushes to get there and it took you three catches to get there what's why are those three catches worth more you know or if it if it took you 10 catches it's worth even more you know mm-hmm. it's like and it works in opposite of receivers if you catch if a receiver catches the ball once for 99 yards right I'm just using this to pull numbers out of my, my butt a little bit <laughs> Right, and then from the one catches a touchdown. Like, why is that worth more than one catch for a hundred yards? Yeah, I, uh, I mean, I hear your argument, um, and and I think that half is the is the good compromise. Like, I'm comfortable with with that. But I do think that we should be looking at either like rewarding first downs as some kind of bonus, um, rewarding rushing, you know, any rush 
worth like a, a single rush that rushes for 10 yards maybe that gets a, a small bonus as well something something where we're trying to bring it up a little bit first first down conversions would be applicable to wide receivers quarterbacks tight end everybody mm-hmm. but maybe we're rewarding a big play um as well uh, and i'm just throwing out you used to do that right like, well, we we reward long touchdowns, right? Um, we did bring that those bonuses down slightly because um, they were a bit. Again, they were from a different era, mm-hmm. um, where like long touchdowns not exactly that common, and um, we were looking at rewarding. When we set up the league, we were more worried about, like, I don't know. I don't want to say more worried. We considered game-breaking plays to change the game more, and maybe that was just the wrong philosophy. Right. It's kind of random, I guess. It, it, I mean, if you had Chris Johnson in, you know, 2012, it felt really good. Um, (laughs) Otherwise, yeah, it's um, a couple broken tackles or a busted coverage. Um, plus, I don't know in today's league that um, game-breaking plays do change momentum swings all that much. I think that teams are less out of it at twenty down 21 than they used to be eight years ago. Eight years ago, 21 mm-hmm. was almost was really difficult to come back from. Yeah. So, um, but... I don't know. You know me. Like, I'm always trying to look forward. I don't want to look backward, but look forward at how to make scoring better and how to make the game more fun. And I really think going tiered PPR will eliminate some of my gripes. And do is there, like, a precedent for that for other leagues? I don't have. I'm not in any leagues for it. Like there is, there are um, platforms that have it. So wait, like if you get, let's just say, like if it's a catch under ten yards, that's half a point for that reception. So honestly, I had set up a test league, and really right. it was going to be like one yard to five yards was worth like point one five. Okay. And then like, or even even say it's point two five. And then, yeah, like under like that five to ten would be like point five, and then maybe ten to twenty would be point seven five, and twenty plus would be a full point. Okay. So, again, I think it's still rewarding a little bit of game breaking, but it's it's trying to eliminate that like eight catches for forty yard performance being so impactful on the fantasy score. Hmm. But in that, I would also want, you know, like a small bonus, like again, say like 0.15 for um, first down conversion. And again, that would go for the quarterback. That would go for the the pass catcher. That would go for the rush. Like you'd get a small bonus for getting first downs. First downs are important in the game of football. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um. And then we, you know, like with taking that to tiered PPR, we, you know, like we could would eliminate having a um, a thought of having, uh, I don't know, point zero zero five per rush or something, 
um, that wouldn't have to be the case because we would bring the catches down to something a little bit more um, realistic. Mm-hmm. I just standard is flawed. Half PPR has its flaws, but I feel like full PPR is the most flawed out of the three choices that we that are in most platforms. Well, yeah, I guess if you're comparing it to the running back position, right? Well, I just again, I mean, that's what we're doing here. But yeah, but so what about like if a running back catches a screen for negative two yards, it's worth as much as a ten yard rush. Just catching yeah, the ball I mean, like that, right? Surely that's a yeah, that's a flaw. That's a and that's a fatal flaw because that's a full point. You get a couple of those for not much performance, um, and it really can affect you know the the outcome of some games. Not that most games are so, are resolved with by three points, but it's to me it's the most flaw. Standard is the like look, we're just going to do yards and touchdowns. You know, like, we're not really doing mm-hmm. much else. So it's the most, like, transparent, easiest to, to decide. Half PPR is trying to be a compromise. And full, I just think, is like... We put the game genie on. Well, I mean, you can take that to other positions. Like, for instance, the quarterback. Like, you can have somebody that throws, like three picks and but throws for 450 yards I mean that's not a good game no and um, again then, but, but they, they get a huge amount of points like you have to look at what your negatives should be right you know and, and then also um, not that I would stay I would this is an argument I'd want to make but I'm saying you could make it is you could argue for bonus points for a quarterback for winning. Mm. I don't like it. I'm just saying you could make that argument to try and balance out the like garbage time from the opposing team quarterback. Yeah. I always thought it should be like minus six for a pick six. And uh, I would agree. Um, yeah. It should be worth. It should be more penalized than um, the standard interception. Yeah. Um, and even if you didn't want to go to minus six, you still could go to minus four. Uh-huh. Um, but it still should it still should hurt. It should really hurt. Um, yeah, and I, and I think that I guess what we're talking about here is being able to customize your league a lot. And what I'd like to see um, is the bigger platforms give the commissioners a lot more leeway in customizing their leagues. Yeah, I think Sleeper does, don't they? Sleeper is the one that I made the test league on. Uh-huh. Um, if you guys, whoever's listening, um, go download the Sleeper app and turn your na- uh, notifications on. And... Um, you won't really have to pay attention to much else news-wise. You'll know everything that's going on. Yeah, it's a great app. Um, But they also have a platform for running leagues, and that's what I had set up rules that I thought I liked on. And yeah, they have a lot of these different um, very customizable options. Mm -hmm. So... um, Yeah, ESPN's not as... 
friendly when it comes to that. No, I mean, but I... Uh, this isn't me complaining about ESPN. Yeah, I've used ESPN for the last... 15 years? 15 plus years. Yeah. You know, this isn't me complaining. Obviously, it has been, you know, better than good enough because it solves for me having to make fixes, you know? Um, mm-hmm. But I would like to see them offer the other options because I just don't feel like... Um picking up after all these years and moving everybody to another platform is actually going to be feasible. It's not, yeah, it's not very, it's probably not practical, right? It's just, it's just unlikely. I, yeah. I think when you've been doing it this long and most of the people have been in the league for multiple years, everybody gets kind of set in that. And I don't know anybody else who runs a league in a non of like a non Yahoo ESPN or CBS league. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I even yeah. throw NFL.com in there. Like, they're the big ones that most people use. I don't know anybody that uses any of the other smaller ones. And the smaller ones have some really interesting features. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, I, I'll put up a thread, like I said, on a Facebook. Uh, we'll see if I get much engagement there about different rules that people have thought about or different statistics they're thinking that they'd want me to pull apart league-wise, not our league-wise. Like what we went over in the first part was just talking about fantasy scoring, and I would imagine that that's true across most leagues. Um, Remember, we're talking about half-point PPR, um, 12-team league. Uh, There tends to be, I don't know, a concentration of a lot of talent on a few teams, a couple bad teams and then a lot of teams fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's pretty standard in most leagues. Um, but I do want to hear some ideas about other stats that people might want me to look at. And then if you have other interesting ideas about um, fixing a little bit of fantasy scoring, let's hear them. I also posed another question to you this week. Okay. Um, I said... Now that we have hindsight, like, and, you know, both our teams aren't record-wise anywhere. Like, points-wise, I think we're in pretty good shape, but, you know, it all comes down to record. Um, Like, with hindsight, like, is there anything that you may have changed? Uh it's it's tough or draft wise yeah I mean obviously I said to you and uh, we said this coming out of the draft uh, where I felt like all off season when forced with that decision I took Aaron Jones and I didn't at the draft I wouldn't mm-hmm. change that and then we talked about lessons learned before the season started and clear I didn't learn my lesson enough mm-hmm. you and I professed our love for Josh Allen um, before the season and I waited one round too long those are the two things that like today I would say yeah I would definitely change that Uh, that being said and I I don't like when people um, the words that I usually use are fall in love with their team where they overvalue the talent that they have on their team Mm -hmm. that being said I I have what one bust in my first four picks that's not bad Um, and who knows if that player is actually going to come on 
So it's tough to sit here and say, especially with how crazy the season is, that I would do too much different. I think this is just an attrition season. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. I said, like, I probably would have made the same decisions, honestly. Um, Boy, have you lost your mind, because I'll help you find it. (laughs) So. (laughs) Who was that? Stanley. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) But, Um, yeah, like, I probably would have done the same exact thing it just there's not much you can right you know um i don't look back and say like this isn't a season where i look back at the draft and go like oh man did i lose my mind you know like it's just one of those things where things didn't break correctly or um what can you do you know um so i'm not you know uh we talked before the show and i don't want to make this the different trade offers that we've done throughout the season. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I was offered a, a counter offer to a trade that I talked about last night. And basically what I had said, uh, with the trade offers, like, you know what, at this point thing, I'm just going to take that horse and ride out into the sunset. Whatever happens, happens, you know, take my tuberculosis, uh, diagnosis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and go with it. Yeah. Got ride off with uh, with the Driscolls. Nah, uh, the, <laughs> come on, man. I, <laughs> God damn, oh Driscolls. <laughs> um, but yeah, sometimes you also have to accept that, like, hey, I'm just gonna ride this out because I had worked on a couple trades last night and I had gotten to a place where we were close to what my offer was like the counter offers weren't bad um just when I sat down to look at it and do the math I I still felt like while I'm improving up position I'm not actually improving my team yeah and I think I I I agreed with you there um you did have one deal that I thought was a pretty good offer but whatever you know it some people get in the same mindset as as we do. Like, hey, I'm just gonna stick with it. Yep. So. Whatever it is, whatever it is. Yeah. Can a bitch get a donut? Um. But yeah. So, look, guys. Like, um, when we come in, we sit down. Obviously, we said it's a little loose. We don't come in with a script. We don't come in with that much of a game plan. We had some ideas that we know we want to hit. But the reality is, is like, I don't have time in my life. I don't think you have time in your life where we're going to be doing three to five episodes a week where we can do more analysts. Well, unless I start getting paid for it. Yeah. (laughs) You'll get paid as soon as I do. Um, So that's kind of the long and short of where we're, what direction we, I feel like we're going in with, with this. Um, part of the podcast where I feel like kind of um, talking about league scoring setup, all of that stuff is really where we're um, at our strongest. Yeah, I think so. I mean, there's a lot of places to get information from, but 
they're not as entertaining as as us. <laughs> <laughs> so pretty, pretty, pretty good. <laughs> so. <laughs> Um, on that line of this being our specialty, um, I guess one thing that I've talked about, because we've been talking about trying to fix quarterback scoring, uh, we talked a little bit about it this episode, but um, one thing that I want to consider for next season is at least opening the discussion to doing either two starting quarterbacks or super flex. Yeah, I mean, that uh, that trait, that that definitely is changing the how you draft without a doubt well our issue is i think your issue my issue when we sit down is this is the most important position on the football field and in fantasy it's i wouldn't say the least important but um it's not as val- not nearly as valuable as it is. Like the, it's just not a valuable position. I mean, my feeling is is if you're going to do that, you should just do two quarterback. I don't see the point of like super flex. Like it, it's very rare that you put somebody in that position that's going to ever outscore a quarterback. I mean, I mean, yeah, it will happen, but well, what it gives you is the freedom. So like yeah. if you if you roster three quarterbacks and someone's hurt and then there's really no starting quarterbacks on the waiver wire, um, it gives you at yeah, least the chance to to start something. Right. I mean, we could go full like super slash pooper flex, where you could flex a kicker too if you wanted. No thanks. <laughs> um. Yeah, I'd be open to definitely doing that. Obviously. It- yeah, that makes your quarterback position way more valuable. Well, it right, it makes scarcity because now you have to carry two, like really three quarterbacks. Yeah. Also, you have to, you would be pushing up quarterbacks in your draft. Well, at least making you know, it that the first quarterback is not taken in the second, third, fourth round. Yeah. So um, that's something, I, and, and we'll see. Again, it's a, it's a legacy league, two quarterbacks a bit out there for some people. Yeah. We'll see how that conversation goes, but I do want to start having that one soon. We'll have to start a new league. Yeah, that's... <laughs> well, I mean, my goal is to start um, some form of like a keeper slash dynasty league. Yeah. Um, and I've tried it multiple times and I have gotten very close but have had people back out so um, that is my goal and uh, we'll see again um, it's tough it's tough because most people who are interested in being in multiple leagues are already in multiple leagues Um, so they're a little bit tapped out yeah eh, for sure um, because I would like to start a dynasty league or dynasty slash keeper. Because I don't know that I'd want to go full dynasty. Um, I'd want players to get back onto the waivers while they're still productive um, some seasons. So doing something about, uh, I think when I pitched the idea to you, having like a cut day and um, 
getting your roster down to a certain number in order to move your rookies to a certain part of your roster, but um, how we thin that other roster out that, you know. It's almost like an expansion draft, right? Like you have to protect certain guys. Well, the idea is um, you have your regular roster and then you have, I believe they call it a taxi, but for some reason I want to call it a bus. Mm -hmm. And that's where you put your rookies. And they can only be, like, the way that I would set it up is they can only be there for the rookie year. And then they have to make their way on your regular roster. So then you have to cut guys from your regular roster to move your rookies in because you have to put next year's rookies in that taxi slash bus, whatever it's called. Right. Section. But I'd want to keep that, like, veteran, those veteran slots. So your your dynasty leagues have very long benches, typically. Mm-hmm. And I'd almost want to make it that there's like you're you are forced a little bit to release guys while they're still productive or trade them. So right. I, you know, having some kind of cap on how many years you can have them or something like that, um, just so uh, it would keep the worry when you run a league like that is that when a team gets bad, they don't want to stick it out. Right. They want to just like you know drop out sure it's tough to dump your league fee in when you know the neck you know that year you're probably not going to be good yeah i mean it's like running a real team it is ex- you know except that you probably are still turning a profit even on a bad team sure <laughs> uh, right. it's a lot different when it's whatever your league fee is and you know kind of you're almost lighting it on fire yeah, you might as well just dump it in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but I'd like to start some form of, of that, and I'd like to, I really am intrigued about running a Vampire League. Um, I'd like to do that as well, but again, I just, I pitched it to quite a few people, and I think I got up to eight buyers. Eight buyers, and I think five of those buyers were like, no, 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 I'll be the vampire. I'm like, no, it doesn't work that way. Right. (laughs) It's got to be randomly assigned. Yeah. But um, we're not – for you guys that are still here, because I know that this hasn't been the heaviest-hitting episode, um, and I did not destroy my TV, but I'm thinking about throwing a – Dundee through my plasma screen TV um, because when you bench Kenyon Drake and then he has a 30 point week that's kind of how you feel I mean you knew it had it was bound to go that way that's you know, like, that's just been the way it's been this season right. and I was just like good luck paying me back with your zero dollar a year salary plus benefits babe <laughs> <sighs> but um well, uh, so we threw around a couple phrases, and I want to make sure whoever's listening. I don't know how many are crossovers from the wrestling show. I don't know how many people are more hobbyists to fantasy football, and I I all understand that this wasn't the most fast moving show. Um, a lot of dry data in the beginning, so you're going to get some more dry definitions. <laughs> um, so uh, a two quarterback league would mean just as it sounds where you would have two starting quarterbacks. And the theory would be that you, by doing that, you make the position more scarce. Therefore, you have to draft better ones 
because there's not going to be guys to pick up. Um, yeah, and it just makes a position more valuable, really. Yeah. Correct. So then um, a super flex would be adding another flex position where that flex not could be a quarterback. So it could be a quarterback, running back, wide receiver, or tight end. I had thrown out there as a joke, pooper flex, same idea, except instead of quarterback, it could be kicker. Uh, we just got rid of kicker. We didn't add that kind of starting position, thank God. Um, <laughs> but it was one of the pitches to move us out of kicker. Um, Dynasty League would be like running your Madden franchise, right? Like that's kind of the same idea. Correct, yeah. Um, if you play video games. Um and then keeper is similar to dynasty, but you're going to keep uh, a smaller amount of players and you can do different interesting things with how you do that. Like you can protect a certain amount, but um, the rest would go, the rest would go into a hat and whatever of the rest of your players gets pulled. That's your fifth guy or sixth guy or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and then vampire league. I think we talked about it last time, but I will go over it one more time is uh, say you have a 10-team league, um, nine players draft, one player does not draft. Um, once those nine players have drafted, that team that didn't draft gets to pick up. They're the vampire. Um, they can pick up whatever is left. Um, but the the quirk to that rule is the teams that drafted can't do any drop ads, and the vampire can do an infinite amount of drop ads. So it's something where you might start off a little weak in the beginning of the season, but probably by around around week four, you are starting to get a decent team. I think it's brilliant. I think it's a great idea. I think it's just a great idea. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, and uh, since I saw the what we'll close with is this. Um, I had seen another one of our league mates over the weekend. Um, he needed, uh, on short order, a hockey stick, and and I f- believe that my hockey career is over. So I <laughs> offered him mine, um, and what's done is done. It's now cut to a size I would never be able to use again. Uh-oh. <laughs> I didn't give him both. I didn't give him both. But anyway, we had talked about it. One of the things that we talked about was prizes. Um. And I think this is a good place to to kind of wrap up. So this league that we have, we give out a prize for first, second, and third place, which gives basically four teams instead of two. Four teams are still playing at the end, the last week of the season. Um, and then we give out a prize for the highest one-week total, mm-hmm. and we give out a prize for the most total points scored. Um, previously we had done we broke 12 teams up into three divisions and there was no highest one week total or um, most points scored and it was each division winner got mm-hmm. their got their league fee back and um, our league fee is in the $125 range right so not a big money league but not a small money league either right and my feeling was if you're in a league where it's less than a hundred dollars a team, it should be winner take all. Yeah, 
Yes. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. Um, Although, like, I, 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 I don't know. Like, sometimes I feel that in fantasy football, like, most points in a league is pretty impactful and telling, too. I mean, the most points scored typically, and this is why we look at more advanced metrics, right? Because mm-hmm. not always is most points scored. I was going to say most points scored typically means you had the best team, but sometimes it means you've had a couple really big weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I like I would consider to bring it back to wrestling terms. I would consider most points scored to be like the intercontinental title. Yeah. And the intercontinental title to wrestlers is always known as the working man's belt. Yeah. Um, where the heavyweight champion might only have to come out for the, you know, the pay-per-views. They don't have to work um, <laughs> every week. Um, the Intercontinental Champion's got to do every pay-per-view, every, you know, they've got to be on every card. So I believe most points scored is like the Intercontinental Champion. Could you hold two belts, Intercontinental and the World Championship belt? Uh, you could, but eventually you have to relinquish it. So, okay. um, undertake, like, or you would defend them separately. So, um, Ultimate Warrior... Uh, at one time held two and then in WCW Goldberg I believe held what is their version of the Intercontinental the US title Um, I'm sure there were more and I'm sure someone will uh, tell me about that but um, those are the ones that stick out to me right away but yes you could uh, but typically there would then be some kind of gimmick match for people to win or a tournament to win another belt because the reality is is you want two storylines going you don't want one right right as as a um when you're charging people to watch it yeah um so yeah i think that's what i've got fantasy wise uh today sounds good man um so i shall be back either it's not gonna be tomorrow because the eagles play tomorrow either friday or Saturday, possibly. Um, with did you get any jerky for this week? I did. Um, so, oh, here's something to talk about. <laughs> I didn't because I'm trying to be responsible. Okay. Um, I was potentially exposed secondarily to gotcha. coronavirus. So I don't think it's responsible for me to be going to stores. Uh, so uh, I unfortunately did not. Did you get jerky this week? I did. Okay, what you got? All right, so I actually picked this up at, um, I went to this orchard that's around me, and, you know, they have, they just, they have a store there, and the one I got, it's called Stone Ridge Beef, old country style, and it's from uh, Lancaster, so it's like a small batch type of place. Okay. Um, And it's, it's, uh... It looks like it's just straight like beef jerky. Like it doesn't have any. Um, it's not like teriyaki or anything like that. No so it's a small flavors. batch. So okay. I was kind of excited about it. Um, Scrumtralescent. <laughs> so it smells pretty good. It's pretty tender. It's like more on the 
it's pretty thin, but it's like also pretty moist. Um, it's it's really good. Um, very tender, and it's like your classic your classic beef jerky taste. Can't go, um, can't go wrong with like a standard just big beef flavor. Yeah, it's it's um actually it's uh, black Agnes. Beef. Ooh, fancy! Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so I'm pretty impressed with it. Um, again, it's Stone Ridge beef, not Lancaster, but. For scores, like I would give this fours on both taste and uh, tenderness, thin but like tender. That's pretty Fire, pretty yeah. solid score. It is. It's a solid beef jerky. So that's what I got. That's what you got jerky wise. Yeah. All right. So I shall be back. Hopefully by the end of this week, if not Monday, we are. I have to watch. I have to rewatch WrestleMania 15 before we record. If you're not familiar with res, what WrestleMania 15 was, Ed, uh, that was the um, Rock versus Stone Cold here in Philadelphia. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That had to be a really good one. Well, um, I'm a little concerned. Uh, you I, are. Yeah, I was there, and I remember it being great. But I worry that my memory remembers it better than it was. Oh. So you don't think it held up? We'll see. I mean, I don't know if you remember. So this is 1999. I don't know if you remember just how, like, the build-up to that match, like, how long and good it was. Right. And I feel like watching it without watching all of the like Monday Night Raws before it, um, how much it, you lose. Because like every week, you know, there was there was something building up to that match. You had the, the beer truck. You had the Rock huh. throwing the belt off the, the bridge. You had, you know, right. like you had so much of, of just um, build up. And then to watch a match where you don't, you can't transplant the entire time you're just watching the card. Yeah, you don't um, get the context. Right? Yeah, it's it's tough and something uh, it's something that concerns me a little bit. Um, that being said, I am looking forward to rewatching the the card to remember. You know, 1999 was not just a good time for wrestling. I mean, I was graduating high school. You know, it was yeah. a good time in life. I was um, just thinking, I was I was in college, and that was like the heyday, man. Oh, we used was, to watch it like. Every, every Monday night, it was every like Monday everybody gets in one room. Yeah. yeah, every Monday and Thursday, everybody in one room. How crazy does that sound now? It's crazy, man. Um, so yeah, that is. Uh, and we didn't talk about it much during the card, but the crazy thing was, something happened, um, where like the WWF changed how they were doing production, mm-hmm. and they like released tickets. Like, so th- the pay per views used to be on. Saturdays, Sundays, I think Saturdays. Right. No, Sundays. Boxing Saturdays. I believe you uh WWF was Sundays. 
Like, I think that they released the tickets on, like, Wednesday. And they only released, like, 75 tickets. Mm-hmm. So me and my friend went straight over to Ticketmaster. Well, I went to the bank first. Then we went over to Ticketmaster. And we were, like, 10 rows from the ring. Wow. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, and, like, back then, I mean, I don't know what 10 rows from the ring now would cost you but back then it was like 110 bucks or something like that after That's the fees cheap, dude. yeah i know it's crazy um how much things over 20 years have changed price wise but yeah we um like the tuesday or wednesday before the event we went over to Ticketmaster and got tickets it was my dad went down too he got nice. I, I told him um well, i told my mom and uh he went down and was able to get himself a not just he was able to get himself a handicap t- ticket. So I think his ticket actually ended up being better than mine was. Wow. Um, but he went down and sat by himself. Um, but uh, Big Jack is a you, you know big time wrestling yeah, fan. Huge so. fan. Um, so yeah, it was a cool day. So uh, I have to go back and watch that and then uh, talk about that later on hopefully either Friday or Monday. Very um, much. Yeah. And uh and then we'll be back I'm assuming next Wednesday where I have either either you're giving a eulogy cuz I have thrown my computer off the bridge like um the rock <laughs> through the championship belt um because I'm done with fantasy. Um <laughs> or uh we're back because I've been able to get to two wins. Yeah, I'm with you, man. <laughs> I'm with you. Um Otherwise, I believe that's it for what we've got this week. Um, and uh, I don't know. I'm going to be online the rest of the night probably trying to look for PlayStation 5. Good luck. Yeah, thanks. I'm not spending <laughs> the $1,000 that's on uh, that it's costing on eBay. Yeah, no way. So, um, all right, man. All right. Uh, until next time. Later. See you.